0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Mr. Six in the Morning, coming to you from the 22nd floor of the Hilton, Austin, just across the street from the Convention Center. And today, what we're talking about is graphic evidence, not uh, graphic as in like, oh, shield your eyes, but graphic as in graphical. It's on graphs. Now, what we're going to do at the end of today is we're going to respond via a flip grid, so listen close as we go through today's lesson. Now, we're not going to read this title yet. Teenagers have stopped getting summer jobs. Why? But this is kind of a prelude to that. We're leading up to it. In this ongoing conversation among texts about the value of work for teenagers, students have been exposed to the work of different writers who tend to lead with personal anecdotes. Now, this article from The Atlantic leads not with a story, but with data. You'll have to make assumptions based on the title, subtitle and a few graphs and then you're going to test those assumptions later so today it's all about evidence we're continuing to find clues continuing to make predictions about argument now we lead off with a uh, an excerpt from ken Lindblom from stony brook university and he says anecdotes can be just as valid as evidence as statistics even though statistics tend to have a better reputation as objective fact but every statistic is really a form of anecdote. Every statistic tells a tale in shorthand. And I want you to kind of get your gears greased this morning. Think about what do you think Lindblom means when he says every statistic tells a tale in shorthand. It's a very interesting way to put that. So take a couple minutes, write down your thoughts, kind of predict, interpret, analyze, get those juices flowing. Then we'll move on to our assignment. And I wanted to leave you with this little nugget. Many people say numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the whole story either. A little anecdote uh, for me is that if you score uh, an 80 on a test and then the next test you get a 90, it sounds really bad when I say, well, you only got one more question right. But it sounds a lot better when you say, wow, you... uh, doubled the amount of questions um, that you had gotten wrong before, you got rid of half of those. So it's like a 50% decrease in wrong answers. That sounds a lot better than saying, well, you only got one more right. If you say, well, my wrong answers decreased by 50%. So numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the whole story either. So we're going to be working on interpreting data correctly. So go ahead and write down these three questions before we look at the graphs on the next slides. First question, what do you notice? Second question, what do you wonder? And third question, what story could this graph tell? So the first graph should be a single green line, kind of looks like the back of a stegosaurus, and the directions are pretty clear. The following title, subtitle, and four graphs were all taken from the same article. Based on these clues, try to predict the possible claims you might expect to find in the in the written text of the article. So the title we're gonna read tomorrow is called Teenagers Have Stopped Getting Summer Jobs, Why? So the subtitle, most used to work in July and August, now the vast majority don't. Are they being lazy or strategic? So graph one comes from the civilian labor force participation rate in 16 to 19 year olds and you've got your percentages from 30 to 60. You've got your time period from 1950 to 2010 Now, as a reminder, if you skew any of your axis, axes, axes, if you skew any of the L shape on your graph, that's going to change the way your data looks. If we stretch this out over thousands of years, it's going to look a lot different. If you skew your percentage and go from 0 to 100, it's going to look a lot flatter, but we've got 30 to 60, a little bit more range to work with. So after looking at this graph on the next slide, I want you to answer this frame based on this graph i can see there's been a trend among blank to work blank during blank and i want you to think about it first on your own and then i'll give you a sample so here's your sample i could say uh based on this graph i can see there's been a trend among 16 to 19 year olds to work less during the last 20 years that's a valid sample if you want to write that one down Now we're gonna move on to the second graph. Now you've got a green line and an orange line. Based on the title, subtitle, and four graphs alone, try to predict the possible claims you might expect to find in the written text coming up. So graph two is teen labor participation rate versus share of new high school graduates in college classes. So we've got a green line going up. We've got an orange line coming down. We're uh, looking at 1960 to 2015 now. And our percentage goes from 30 to 75. So look at our data. See if you can find some trends. There's some disparity here. And as we move on to our next graph, now we're looking at a bar chart here. Graph three is a share of teenagers taking summer classes. Timeline now is 1985 to 2009. Percentage goes from zero to 60. So look over that, take into consideration the time, take into consideration the percentages. You'll notice that most of this information is between five and 10 years old. And finally we arrive at graph number four, share of non-working teens who say they wish they were working. So we've got percentages from zero to 30 now and the timeline goes from 1994 to 2009. So you see some trends here. I'm not gonna lead you one way or the other, but it should be fairly obvious some things that you see. And on the next slide, before we get ready to write about these, I went ahead and put all four together. So if you need to uh, scoot a little closer, maybe take a picture with your phone, get a better view, graph one, two, stacked top and bottom, and then graph three and four in the next column stacked top and bottom as well. And finally, we get to the writing portion of today. So I want you to kind of work this out. Based on the graphic representations of data you analyzed in your small groups, what story could you tell? And I want you to mention the graph as you do that. So you could say based on graph whatever we assumed, but then I want you to continue to use the vocabulary of this unit. However, graph blank supports the assertion or backs the claim or supports the position statement because that's the language of argument that we're going to be using as we write. Remember, we've got that essay coming up on Friday. So our last slide for today has to do with uh, writing. I want you to write a prediction of what you think we'll be reading tomorrow, what you think we will be reading tomorrow. I actually just caught a typo right there. Using the graphs as evidence to support your position statement. This is your position statement. So we've been looking at other people's evidence, other people's claims, their positions. Now I want you on a flip grid. And this one's only going to be 45 seconds. So you can't take too long. I will need to see this flip grid or hear this flip grid by Friday. Because Friday is when you're writing. So I need to know that you can craft a position statement and support it with evidence before you are tasked with writing that. This is a checkup. It's for a grade, flipgrid.com slash jobprobs. It's a new topic on the same grid that we've done before. So use the graphs as evidence to support your position statement. You can use the frames from the last slide. You can use what you've been writing about the graphs. You can just piece it together. Like I said, 45 seconds, it's not going to be long, but it is going to be for a grade because Friday is a coming and I want to make sure that you are ready. So I'm having a great time at the conference, but again, I really miss you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Mr. Six in the Morning.